good to be here again, and uh, uh, just want to thank you for uh, for what God is doing, and uh, just uh, uh, just uh, while we were worshiping the Lord there, I just felt um, Rebecca leading us, saying these words in Psalms. Say, renew in me a passion for you. Is that right? And um, as I was meditating upon that word, can you hear me? Yes. And uh, it says, renew in me a passion for a passion for you, Lord. Every one of us want to have a passion for God. Is that right? And um, how do you have a passion for God? How do you have a passion for God if uh, does God just force you to have a passion for Him? Is it true? Help me out here. Does God force you for His you need a special anointing to just gravitate you to start having a passion for God. You yes, need it. Do. Talk back to me, please. Huh? Do you need a special anointing no. to ha 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 to push you or to motivate you to have a passion for God? If you are a Christian, a born again, you don't need it. No. And we sing that song and say, God, renew a passion for me. And uh, we're asking God, and you pray. You say, God, I know that I should have a passion for you. You're praying it. And while you are praying it, your Bible is there by your side, gathering dust. Are you with me? Your Bible is not open. You don't read the Bible. The Bible is here and the magazines is here. New ideas. You understand that? All the magazines of all the um, Hollywood. Is that right? Are, are you with me? And then you scan through that magazine all the latest gossip. Are you with me? You, you gravitate it towards it and um, and then, see the magazines there? Then there is uh, the TV is there. Is that right? And your Bible is here. And you are praying, God, renew a passion for me. And then the TV is there. You glance through the magazine. And you glance through the television. Then after that, there is your iPad. is there on the internet. <coughs> gravitate towards it, but you are praying, renew a passion for me. Is that right? And your Bible is gathering dust. Is that right? So, how do you, how can you renew a passion for God? How? Help me out here. Just read this word. You don't need prayer. You don't even need to pray. You just read the word of God. The more you read the word of God, the more your passion is renewed every moment 
every day. Are you with me? And uh, when you wake up in the morning, you turn around and you wake up. Instead of picking up your phone, you pick up your Bible. You read it. The passion is getting renewed. renewed. It might not happen overnight, but slowly, 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 you might reach two verses in a few hours, but tomorrow you read one chapter, day after you just continue to renew, it renews, then all of a sudden you start asking questions. Whatever you read in the word of God start making sense to you. Is that amen? You say, then God is saying, say, that is my man, that is my daughter, that is my guy. And then he pour his spirit upon you. You understand? And when he pour his spirit upon you, then you and God can commune together. You and God can relate together. Amen? And that's how you renew your passion. God wants to come to you. But you have to come to God first. What did he say in the book of James? He said, draw nigh to me. Who is doing it first? Is that real? No, no, God. God is doing it first. No, God is not doing it first. We are doing it first. Amen? Amen? We, but we are waiting for God to do it first. God cannot do it. We have to do it first. Is that right? Okay, now that's not the, uh, that's not the word of God tonight. I want to encourage you tonight because uh, I just want to... Um, I thought the Holy Spirit... Um, Pastor Venacio, is that correct? Yes. Venacio? And um, uh, your name again? Um, Delia. Huh? Delia. 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 I just want to thank God for what you are doing. And uh, one of the reasons why we are motivated to come and invest uh, into this church is because uh, uh, we went through what you are going through today. And um, uh, it is somebody who came in to help us out. Remember Carlos? Okay? Carlos is Spanish. And uh, he comes in to help Rebecca to play. And uh, taught Rebecca a few things about worship. And uh, we had our own struggle. And uh, when Pastor Umberto came to me and spoke, all of a sudden I had a vision of Carlos. And if Carlos can help us, we do our best to also see what we can do. We are not a big church, you know that. We're just a small little church. But God has brought us thus far. And we believe also that uh, we can also make a little bit of contribution to what God is doing here. Amen? And I uh, just want to encourage you uh, to keep on going, but there are other things you need to do also to try and see how we can move the kingdom of God forward in this place. But as we relate together, as we connect, uh, whatever I know I can share with you, whatever you know you share with me, so that we can join it together and see how we can help one another to move the kingdom of God. Uh, forward, amen. And uh, but one thing I want to encourage you is this: is that um, you see, when we do the ministry, there is a lot of disappointments. Are you with me? 
there is lots of disappointment. If you say you want to do ministry without disappointment, you may as well pack up and go and do something else. Okay? Somebody told me, said, I want to do the ministry. But the ministry I want to do must be, I want to pastor a church. But it has to be a church without people. <laughs> ministry is people. Are you with me? Ministry is people. As long as you have people, you will be disappointed. Amen? But you need to move away from a place of disappointment to a place of not expecting too much from people. The more you expect too much from people, the more you will be disappointed. Amen? And so I just encourage you to just uh, uh, use people, deal with people, but don't expect too much from them. Is that right? Does that help you? Amen? Don't expect too much from people. Amen. I want to talk to you briefly, uh, which relates to you, which, which relates to each and every one of us here. Everything I'm going to discuss this uh, evening relates to us. Amen? It relates to you. It relates to each and every individual who is going to hear this message through uh, the internet. Amen? And I know your record is all right. Amen. That is good. Amen. Uh, I know of a certain uh, uh, individual who um, had uh, a son who is a drug addict. Not drug addict, but takes drugs. And uh, praying for this child, for God to touch this child. And uh, made this child to swear that he will not take this drug again. He said, I love you, mom, but I will swear. But yet, he began to continue to take this drug. And uh, you, you know, sometimes as parents, we just lift our hands in the air. I give up. Is that right? But sometimes as parents, we just say, God, I commit my child into your hand. And sometimes we have to do that even in our ministry. We say, God, I just give up. I give everything over to you. You do what you have to do. Amen? And I want to encourage you tonight that God loves that. When we just say, God, I commit it into your hand, without any reservation, you will see what God is going to do, and you are going to see tremendous differences in, what people, in people's life. Their attitude will change. Because God is doing a work in each and every individual. Amen? Okay. And... Um, this boy, young boy, swore to the mother, but yet he began to still continue to take drugs. And the mother just gave up and said, God, I commit my child into your hand. Grant my child your mercy, Lord. And I know how my child has gone through issues in life, still partaking of this drug. Father Lord, I pray that you will help my child. Give my child one more time. Amen? And I want to talk to you briefly about the God of a second chance. The God of the second chance. You see, when you make pledge, 
it will never save you. When you make commitment, it will never save you. How many of us have received commitment from friends, relatives, and they shake your hand and say, I'm committed, I will do this for you. But they fail. But commitment cannot, fail, cannot save you. Religion cannot save you. People go to the gym to try and keep fit so that they can do whatever they have to do. But discipline can never save you. People, especially in the Eastern religion, they meditate. Is that right? The Eastern religion, they meditate. But meditation can never save you. But there's only one person that can save you. And his name is Jesus. Is that man? Amen. Amen. His name is Jesus. He will save you. And um, this is the cry of a mother who cried out and said, God, have mercy upon my son. Until one day, the son committed his life to Christ. Why? Because the mother gave up. Not on the child, but gave up on whatever she has been praying for and just committed this child before God and cried out to God and said, God, have mercy. And I want to encourage you tonight that when you reach out to God and say, God, have mercy, God will never, never We never, never stop heeding to the prayer of those who cry out for his mercy. Amen? In the book of Luke, chapter 13. Luke, chapter 13. Let's read um, from verse, verses 6 to, six to 10. Luke chapter 16, sorry, chapter 13. Luke 13, 6 to 10, I read. He also spoke, Jesus Christ is speaking. He also spoke this parable. He said, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Verse 7. He said, then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, he said, look, he said, for three years, I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I found none. He said, cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? I will stop here for a while. He said, cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? What Jesus Christ is saying tonight is that he said, he said, it is a wasted space. A wasted space. I remember a colleague of mine talking to another colleague of mine who is a blogger. And he said to him, he said, you are a wasted space. That is a great insult. But look at what Jesus Christ is saying here. He said, he said, you are a wasted space. He said, you are, you are of no value. 
to this piece of land. He said, cut it off. The question I need to ask you today is that, are you a wasted space? Think about yourself. I ask myself this question, am I a wasted space? Am I of any value to the church I'm called to pastor? Am I of any value to my family? Am I of any value to my wife? Am I of any value to my children? Am I a wasted space? It's just the question we need to ask ourselves. Then verse 8 tells us, he said, but he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that, you can cut it down. You see, when we look at this scripture today, it tells us that this man, which is called in our passage, he said, a certain man. And this certain man is referring to God himself. Is that right? In your passage there, in your Bible. He said, this certain man is referring to God. He said, he is the keeper. And the keeper of the... This certain man is referring to God. And the keeper or the vine, the vine dresser is the son of God. Look at the vine dresser is almost like a gardener. Are you with me? And this certain man, which I say is referring to God, came to the vine dresser. The vine dresser is the keeper of the, of the vine. And he came to him, he said, I have come to receive fruit from this vine. But I found nothing. The certain man is God. And the vine dresser is the son of God. His name is Jesus. Are you with me? Amen. And he said, cut it down. He said, Jesus Christ is even referring. He said, cut it down. God is saying, Jesus, he said, Jesus, you have been keeping this vine. He said, cut it down. In the book of John, chapter 5, verse 22. He said, moreover, the father judges no one, but he committed all judgment to the son. I want you to listen carefully. God came to the son. He said, cut it down. God is not going to cut it down, but he has given the judgment to the son. Hello? He's giving the judgment to the son, who is the keeper of the vineyard. Are you with me? He keeps the vineyard. But the son is telling the father and said, Father, leave it one more time. Give me one more time. Jesus is the God of the second chance. Are you with me? He said, give me one more time. He said, I will put fertilizer. I will fertilize it. And then let us see what happens after a year. Are you with me? So he said in verse 8, he says, Sir, let it alone this year also. I want you to take note of that word also. 
He said, give it one more time. Give it one more time, Lord. Give it one more time, the God of the second chance. Leave it alone this year also. You see, this word also is very significant in this passage. You see, divine dresser knows that God has been coming every time, every day, seeking fruit. God has been coming into my life, seeking fruit, the fruit of the kingdom. It's not the amount of houses you've got. It's not talking the amount of cars you've got. It's not talking the amount of children you've got. It's talking about the fruit of the kingdom. Are you with me? So Jesus or God is coming every day to check me out. To see whether there is fruit, meat for the master's use. And he comes in every day. Seeking fruit, but found none. In the book of 2 Peter, verse 3 and, sorry, chapter 3, verse 9. He said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen? You see, God is a God of long-suffering. I believe that the name we should call God in dealing with us is the God who is long-suffering. The God who is long-suffering. When you want to relate to the compound word of God, you must deal with him because of his mercy towards you. Because of his mercy towards me. You need to Relate to God as the God who is long-suffering. Because if God is not suffering, is not a long-suffering God, we could have been wiped out. Is that right? We could have been wiped out by now. But he is the God who is long-suffering. He is the God of the second chance. Are you with me? Let's move on right now. Church, God is giving us one more chance. We don't just sit there and pray and believe something is going to happen. But we must do something. Are you with me? We must do something. He said there are three aspects to this parable. I want to just quickly run this through you, by you. There are three aspects to this parable. You see, according to this passage, the owner of the vineyard is God like we alluded to before, the keeper is Jesus Christ. The fig tree, according to the scripture, is relating to the children of Israel. But we want to apply it to ourselves. We want to apply it to our church. We want to apply it to our lives. Remember what I said? We want to apply it to our church. We want to apply it to our individual self. You understand? So none of us is going to escape. I want you to listen carefully. He said, number two, from the church perspective, the church of Jesus Christ is the vineyard. And you are the fig tree. The keeper of the vineyard is the pastor. Hello? 
Are you with me? I will repeat. From the church point of view, the church is the vineyard. And you are the fig tree. And the keeper of this vineyard is the pastor. Are you with me? You see, God is coming to us, me as the pastor, and saying, nothing is happening in the vine. But the pastor, every day, he is praying, God, give me one more time. Give me one more time. Give me one more time. He is crying out, give me one more time. He is the keeper of the vine. And he is pleading in prayer to God. And saying, leave it alone one more time also. And give me one more time. That is my prayer. That has always been my prayer. Even before I leave home every morning. And I pray for the congregation. And I ask God, I say, God, when I look deep down, yes, when you look deep down, you can see no fruit. But when I look as a pastor and you are speaking into my spirit and saying, cut it down. And I say, give me one more time. Give me one more time. How many pastors today who always are standing on the edge to just eh, spit the dummy, give up, resign, and go leave the ministry? How many pastors today? There are many. And you might ask me a question as a pastor. Have you ever thought of resigning and just saying bye-bye? Bye-bye to my sorrow. The church has caused me grief, caused me pain. Have you ever stood and said, no, I give up? I would say many times. But I'm praying. I am praying. I say, God, just like this vine keeper. I'm crying out. I say, God, one more time. One more time. Verse 8 is saying to, it says to the keeper, the pastor. He said, the pastor said, I will dig around it and fertilize it. You see, He's pleading with God is not the issue. Just pleading with God is not the issue. But we must prepare to dirty our hands. Are you with me? We must be prepared. You see, just like this passage said, this passage said that, he said, the vine keeper said, he said, give me one more time. He said, I am going to fertilize it. How do you fertilize a soil? How do you fertilize a soil? Tell, talk back to me. You fertilize the top by getting your hands dirty. Now you bow down your knees. And then you just continue to dig around the vine. Are you with me? You're going to do some work. You're going to sweat. Are you with me? It's not an easy task. But you're going to do it. You understand? And so just, uh, just pleading with God is not the issue. But you need to get your hand dirty. Are you with me? You need to go out there, do the work of environment. You need to talk to people. You need to minister to people. Are you with me? He said, you need to change things around. Look at the man. When you look at the, uh, the tree, it's going to change. He said, it's going to dig around it. He does not just take the fertilizer, 
dump it there and walk off? No. It's not going to dig around it and then put the fertilizer so that the nutrients will penetrate into the soil. Then he will have to pour some water. Is that right? He has to do something. He has to do something. Do some changes around the tree. The third aspect is that uh, to this passage focuses on you. He said the first aspect focus on who? Focus on Christ and, sorry, God and Christ. Is that right? Okay, now. And the second aspect focus on the pastor. And now the third aspect, sorry, the second aspect focus on the pastor. And the third aspect focus on you. In your life, as you examine yourself, your life is a vineyard to God. Are you with me? And you are the vine keeper. You see, my heart today is a vineyard. A vineyard, and I am the keeper of this vine. Are you with me? I have to keep this. And God is saying in your life, Nothing is happening. You go to church, you do a rock and roll, and you dance, and do whatever you have to do, but your life is dry. There is nothing oozing out of your life in terms of imparting your friends, imparting your neighbor, imparting those in the street, imparting those in your workplace. Nothing spiritual is oozing out. You see, we cease to be very dry. But nothing is happening. You must do something about it. Just like this uh, passage says. The keeper, the vine keeper in this passage. Number one, you must pray. Yes, I know that uh, you might say that is easy. But you must pray to the owner of the vineyard. You must pray. To the owner of the vineyard. Who is the owner of this vineyard? God. God. Remember that he is the one who came to you and said, cut it off. So you need to plead with him. He is the owner of the vineyard. You need to say, God, one more time. That's why I titled it, the God of the second chance. The God of the second chance. One more time, Lord. You must pray to the owner of the vineyard. Give me one more time. God, you are the God of the second chance. Give me one more time in my life. My life is not bearing any fruit, Lord. Give me one more time and pray. Every day I say, God, I need you to give me one more time. For giving me one more time, because you are a merciful God, you will give me one more time. But, am I going to pray and just forget about it? But I'm going to ask God, give me one more time. But look at what he did after he prayed. You need to get busy. Remember what the vine keeper did? He said, I'm going to take the fertilizer. Is that right? But you need to keep yourself busy. You need to start repairing the areas in your life that need some correction. 
Are you with me? If I am not reading my Bible, it's time for me to be intentional. Remember the, 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 the description I did before? My Bible is gathering dust. There have to be some intentionality on my part to read the Bible. You understand? I need to gravitate towards God. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 6, it says, The blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You must gravitate towards God. The more you gravitate towards God, the more God will fill you up. Yeah, the more you will be happy spiritually. Say, blessed are those. That word blessed means happy are those. You must get your hand dirty. You get yourself busy. Continue to repair areas in your life that need rectification. Are you with me? Then he said, you need to understand one thing. Each and every individual, irrespective of who we are, we've got a fantastic potential in us. Are you with me? There's a hidden potential in your life that is not being utilized. You see, as the keeper of the vineyard, you need to tend the soil of your life. You need to tend the soil. You need to break every fallow ground, every area that seems to be resisting to the talking of God. You need to break it. You know that if you don't break that hardened heart, it becomes hardened. There is no conviction again. The sin that used to you need to get convicted because of certain sin in your life. Because you are so hardened now, it becomes the new normal. Are you with me? You don't give a care now because you are so used to it. You don't give a care because you don't read your Bible, you don't do anything about the kingdom. Like we, like this morning I did, I spoke about, um, about, um, what did I speak about? In partnership with Christ. In partnership with Christ. Amen. Thank you for reminding me. In partnership with Christ. Amen. And uh, being in partnership with Christ. Okay. The last series which uh, I showed you this morning. The last series uh, talks about taking the kingdom of God with us wherever we go. And uh, we, uh, we are a part of the kingdom. And sometimes we need to realize how important the kingdom is. But the kingdom has now been relegated to the background. We have now taken the kingdom and thrown the kingdom of God behind our back in as much everything is going right for us. Okay, now, we need to understand how important the kingdom of God is. You see, when God saved you, he saved you, he changed you, transformed your life so that you can be instrument in his hand to change others. Are you with me? Because there was once upon a time, somebody spoke to you about Christ and you came to know him. And you have a responsibility for the kingdom to be, uh, you have a responsibility to also talk to people about the kingdom. Are you with me? And so, when you wake up in the morning, you go to work. Is that right? Everything seems okay. And you come back from work, you go to bed. You eat and you go to bed. Everything seems fine. But you need to understand that that is not about the kingdom. That is a byproduct of the kingdom. That is the blessing. The spillover from the kingdom. 
But now, you no longer are gravitating towards the kingdom because the kingdom has now become second in your priority list, if not third or last. Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, God and his righteousness. righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto it. Let's move on. We finish here. We need to break the fallow ground. You need to get your hand busy. That means you need to knee down. You need to take away the weed in your life. The tongues, the tissue, all those things that hinder growth, hinder the fertilizer from penetrating into the vine. You need to take it off. And then you need to allow the Holy Spirit to permeate into your life. Are you with me? Because when you take all these tongues and tissues, you need to take all this uh, weed out. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will just continue to flow into your life and fertilize it. And then all of a sudden, you get stirred with the power of your Holy Spirit in your life. And then, no, but you are not going to sing that song. You're not going to pray that prayer, said, renew in me a passion for you. You already have the passion. You already have it. You just go for it. Amen? You go for it. You see, God will share the giftings in your spirit. You start exercising the gift of God, not doing it through motivation or trying to just please the crowd. And when you worship God through your talent and through your music or through your instrument as you play, you don't give a care what people are seeing in you. You just, just play the music and you just worship God. You don't even know how tears, tears is coming down your eyes. How, how, what, how the anointing upon you because you are playing the music. You don't even give a care whether the tears is messing up your makeup. But you are just anointed. You are just anointed. Amen? Amen? Amen. I almost lost my second eyes. <laughs> he said, he said, fertilize it. We finish here. He said, fertilize it. Fertilize it means eh, to put manure around it. You see, our talent, our talent is like manure. Are you with me? Our talent is like manure. It is useless if we don't use it. Are you with me? And uh, he spread around the fertilizer. Our talent is a gift from God. And we must use it for the kingdom of God. Are you with me? Hallelujah. You must use your talent for the kingdom of God. One of the best gift God has given to you is not playing the instrument. The best gift God has given to you is not just singing. The best gift God has given to you is the gift of the sound that comes out from your mouth. The gift to speak forth the word to encourage to speak forth. A prophecy is called speaking forth. 
speak for the word of God, the God, word of grace, the word of salvation. Everyone that God is gift, the word to speak. Remember what I said before? I said, the gospel of Jesus Christ have got a voice. The gospel of Jesus Christ have got a voice. It must be used for the kingdom of God. And the vine dresser said, one more time, Lord. You are the God of the second chance. Give me one more time. And I pray that that will be your cry tonight. To say, God, give me one more time. I need to re-examine my life. I need to change the way I do business with you. I need to change my attitude. I need to re-evaluate the way I study your word. Am I studying my word? Your word? Is my life a wasted space? It's something I need to ask myself. Am I adding value to the kingdom? Am I adding value to my life? Am I adding value? Not just by using makeup or sitting down to pamper yourself. No, we're not talking about that. Adding value. We are talking about adding spiritual value into your life. Spiritual value into your life. Are you adding value to your family? Are you sitting down telling them the ways of God? Are you adding value to your church? Or you just come and warm the pew and walk off? That is it. You need to invest in the kingdom. One more time, Lord. One more time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we all start? Come, let's, come, let's pray together. No. Let's pray together right now. As we conclude, let's come. Let's pray here together. Let's ask God and say, God, one more time. We want to pray together and say, God, one more time. For my life. One more time for my church. One more time for my pastor. One more time for my family. One more time for the community. One more time. We need to cry one more time. Amen. You understand? We as a church have been praying. Remember the church has been praying for rain? When the fire was just burning everywhere, the churches came together. They began to pray. What were they praying? They might not say the same word, but they are crying, Lord, give us rain. Give us rain. One more time. One more time. And God brought rain. Is that right? God brought rain. But we need to cry out, God. God, one more time, Lord, give us a great awakening in the church. One more time, Lord, sweep over the church. We want to see souls saved. We want to see people respond. We want to see people who are just giving excuses. They can't come to church. I am so busy. Oh, I just, I, I don't know what to do. I just, I, I don't have time for God. God, touch their heart. Push them, Lord God. Give, steer their heart on us, Lord. Renew in them a passion so that they will run to you. One more time, Lord. And that is the cry of God. That is the cry we need to cry before. Let's put off our hands and say, God. I come before you right now. Jesus, Lord, we need you, Lord God. Jesus, we know, Lord God, that you love this church because it is written. I will build my church, Lord. Father, Lord, we know, we can see, Lord God, that you are coming just to see where is the fruit, Lord. Where is the fruit in SNN? 
Where is the full fruit in wherever, Lord? Where is the fruit in essence, Lord Jesus? But you are coming back again and we are crying, Lord. Jesus, Lord God, you stood on behalf of us. You stood on behalf of us and said, Father, one more time. One more time. And we as a pastor, Lord, we are standing before you and crying out and saying, Father, one more time, Lord. One more time, Lord. Even each and every one of us individually, we are crying, Lord God. When I check my heart, Lord, when I check everything I have been involved in doing, Lord, complacency, procrastination, all the various things that is setting me back, Lord Jesus, I want to cry before you, Lord. Oh, one more time, Lord. One more time, Lord, we pray. But I commit, Lord, each and every one of us before you tonight. One more time, Lord. Do a work in us, Lord. Jesus, Lord, so that we can just sing that song. Truly, truly, Lord, you have renewed, Lord God, you have renewed my spirit. You have renewed my passion, Lord, for you, Lord, and I want to run for it in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, one more time, concerning, Lord, each and every one here tonight. One more time. One more time, Lord God. You love your church so much, Lord. You are willing, Lord, to give us one more time, Lord, so that we can continue to press in, to see your kingdom come, to see, Lord God, your kingdom increase in where I be, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord God. We honor you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen.